This week's episode of Legends of Gotham is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at audibletrial.com slash Gotham. Over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Again, that link is audibletrial.com slash Gotham. I can still come with you if you want me to. No. Wouldn't be right. No, of course. I'll be fine, Alfred. You don't have to worry. Who said I was worried? I'll be back before dark. I've been on this hike before, you know. Not without your father. How's the bedroom? Son of a mother bitch. Welcome to Legends of Gotham, where we talk about Vox's hit series, Gotham, set in the world of Batman. I'm Bill Meese. And I'm Anne-Marie DeSimone. And I have a new mixing board, so I was playing with the effects and stuff. I can I can do robot voice. Oi, bae. Uh, my name is Brainiac. I am here for young Bruce Wayne to take him to the Divergence crossover in DC that they're doing this summer. How <laughs> are you doing, Anne-Marie? I'm hanging in there. How are you, Bill? I'm doing great. I am doing fantabulous. I'm a little scared. Of Don't what be, this episode will bring, just in general. Don't um, be scared. It'll w- just bring you to the bedroom. Yeah, well... <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! 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 No, we've been having some technical issues. So, uh, live viewers uh, who, by the way, if you don't know, we stream this every uh, Tuesday night live at 8.30 p.m. EST at youtube.universebox.com. But live viewers, uh, it's possible you might have a couple interruptions. We have been having some bleep. crashes lately. But I went through and tried to do a bunch of stuff today to kind of hopefully keep us from having the crashes. Let us know if there are any uh, weird technical things going on yes, in please. the video feed uh, in the chat room. If, if there's anyone there, definitely please say hello if you're in the chat room. But we, yeah, because we had a mix up with the link and stuff uh, before we started to. Oh, yeah. But I guess we should probably go ahead and uh, get started <laughs> talking about this week's episode of Gotham. A- Amory, you want to read the rhyming riddling episode summary? Sure. Why not? Sweet, okay. do, you, do, you want, do you want the effects no, while no, you do please, it? No, please, no effects. Please. No effects? That's a good band. Okay, I'll stop. I'll stop with that. For our audio listeners, I was giving him a death stare. <clears throat> Fix it. Okay, there you go. <laughs> Can young Bruce Wayne move on from his dad? Yes, but his little spill drives him mad. How many glands must Dr. Crane take? Enough to make all he says shake. Where is Fish Mooney? She doesn't know. <laughs> Will she climb up or stay stranded below? If fear is the edge, then what lies in the shadows? Jonathan finds out in this week's The Scarecrow. The Scarecrow! <laughs> yep! Wrong Scarecrow. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, a little bit. A little if bit. If I little only wrong. had a brain. Well, gosh, Dorothy. What'd you think of this week's episode, Anne-Marie? <laughs> um, I really liked it, actually. Did you? Yeah. Um, it, it went It went a lot of places. Mm-hmm. It went a lot. And I like when they go a lot of yeah, I, I definitely liked it, and I don't think I have this in the notes any, so I'll go ahead and say it now. But I, I, I really like that they were able to kind of flesh out this villain over two episodes, just like they did with the Electrocutioner. Yes! It, 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 although I think the Electrocutioner, like the first epi- his first episode was the stronger one, and the second one was kind of like just wrapping it up, where this one, the first one was kind of setting it up, and the second one was the stronger one, I thought. Right. I, no, I as think far as that plot line, anyway. For the Scarecrow stuff, yeah, I think that was definitely mm-hmm. um, stronger. And yeah, I actually felt like good about this character (laughs) Mm -hmm. being killed because we're killing everybody, apparently. Yeah, and it made sense with what he was doing in the story, too. Yeah. Which was cool. Yeah. But I, okay, so 
Scarecrow, Dr. Crane, all that. Uh, one of the big themes, and I thought it was interesting that they picked the Scarecrow to be one of the first like big Batman villains to bring in here, mm-hmm. is uh, one of the themes that's been going on the entire series so far mm-hmm. is that fear tells you where the edge is. I think it's uh, dropped by Harvey Bullock, I, th- I think, in the first episode. It's in the pilot. I know that much. No, fear tells you where the No, that's Jim. He's telling um, Bruce fear is a good thing. Fear tells you where mm-hmm. the edge is. No, it was like the second episode. Yeah, but but I well, since then they yes. they've definitely been uh, playing with Jim's recklessness in terms mm-hmm. of his mission. You know, I I think of like the balloon man where he like jumps to get the balloon guy, and you know he he's made a lot of reckless decisions and crossed a lot of powerful people. Yes, uh, trying to clean up Gotham, which uh, I I think uh, definitely is a good thing. But it it definitely puts him him at risk. It puts his loved one, his fiance, at risk, especially. Mm, yeah, she's really a fiance and, anymore. And go and kind of ruined that relationship yeah, really because I, I mean he put her in direct danger and and she that's basically why she left uh more or less but i think uh definitely that uh dr crane's uh whole experiment and death mm-hmm. uh probably helped teach jim a little bit that uh fear is good and it can protect you from yourself mm-hmm. and your environment because i mean dr crane he just went walking into those bullets because he didn't have a fear of death anymore he didn't he didn't fear anything like the in plus like his mission was satisfied so he didn't fear failure mm-hmm. either and i mean he just didn't fear feel fear in general yeah none but i i think i think if nothing else maybe that'll show jim and, and you could kind of see it him mulling things over when he was watching jonathan crane in the bed yeah at, oh at absolutely end, that uh you know right and dead is still dead and can't do you can't fix gotham city while you're dead no so, you can't uh, do anything if you're dead because you're dead so uh, maybe maybe he should uh be a little bit more aware of his fear to kind of uh show him where the edge is and uh maybe then he'll live long enough to uh save Gotham. yeah really i mm-hmm. it's definitely you could actually i mean jim did have a little bit of fear in this episode with miss gorkin yes well we're just yes. gonna call her miss gorkin whatever hashtag um, gorkins hashtag gorkins um because he didn't want her like any pda in the office yeah so i'm just saying we'll mm-hmm. come back to that <laughs> definitely so hey, anything else on uh you know dr crane in general did you have more i, I think I you have, have more. Some I, I think i have a little more dr crane later okay well you had you had a big question mark and it didn't have anything to do with the riddler no no fish fish what the f- is going on where is she who t- i mean mm-hmm. last thing we saw she was charging at some dude yeah and there was who all had sort- ammo and didn't shoot her <laughs> and there was all sorts of speculation that he was like he knew her she right. was a relative or something but i, That's I think pretty this- much squash yeah yeah absolutely because it was just like thrown in a cage like basically <laughs> a big giant zoo-sized cage mm-hmm. which was weird or like some weird like underground facility prison it facility. actually i don't know if this will be a compliment or an insult but Reminded me of in Dog Boy. Oh yeah, it did totally. I, <laughs> I, if you guys don't know, I, I write a series of book called Dog Boy Adventures, dogboyadventures.com. And in the latest book, I have the Scarab. There's actually a big battle arena that's set up just like the, exactly. the jail cell here, where uh, with a bunch of superpowered teenagers. Yeah, and when stuff. it when that scene started, I was like, yeah, "This seems familiar." Because uh? yeah, it, it's it, like in the book, it's set up in a grid, like with the pillars and everything, just like this. That was, was exactly it. It was exactly it. <laughs> so it was, was really crazy. weird. Um, so the boss man guy doesn't mm-hmm. even look remotely scary. No, no. He looks like I could take him. He's like, I have a blade. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking to myself, I have seen fish kill with less. Like, she could kill you with her shoe. She could kill you with her bare hands, which is what I actually expected her to do. <laughs> I, I don't know. The guys protecting him. I don't know mm-hmm. what he had on them. 
Yeah. That blade wasn't the only thing keeping him alive. There had to be some other thing. Well, yeah, I was going to say, like, uh, if, if a blade's the only thing that's keeping you the boss, man, then you don't uh, sit, sit in the middle of, of a row there with people behind you, like, mm-hmm. without being able to see them. Like, I'd constantly, like, be edging along the walls. <laughs> yeah, I mean, everything. that's pretty much what he was Gotta doing, though. Gotta watch your back. That's what he was doing, though. He was mm. in that one little sort of cubby yeah. with his back to the wall. Mm. Yeah, and I guess he did have those guys, yeah. He had but... the guys, but why were the guys protecting him? Mm-hmm. What's he really well, doing? they weren't doing a great job because, I mean, fish, fish – Well, he called her him. over, though. Yeah. And she mm-hmm. just took the blade and <laughs> bye-bye. Yeah, but then, then she was on them before they had a chance to even react to her, her stabbing them. Yeah. Which was nice. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love how she just like took over. She stabbed him. Let him die. She's like, my name's Fish Mooney. This is my now. I'm <laughs> like, the boss now. I'm the boss. You'll <laughs> respect my authority. <laughs> um, I don't know why we're going to all these horrible references tonight. Um, but, you know, just as I was starting to be like, okay, this is the old fish. Coming back. Not scared of anything. Just going to flash some bling while I'm yeah, talking. Yeah, um, they threw the chicken. They're like, she's back. And I'm like, is she do it? Are we supposed to know her already or something? <laughs> mm-hmm. And fish actually looked scared when she was like, they took my eyes. I was like, yeah. okay, I'm scared. What is the deal with this show and eyes? Cause I have a phobia of like having my eyes damaged or losing my sight in this show. Like every other episode, somebody's getting stabbed through the eye or their eyes taken out or ripped out of their skulls or something. It's not fun. I don't like it. Hold on to your adrenal glands. <laughs> I gotta say. I see. I don't have a fear of my adrenal. Actually, maybe maybe it's like <laughs> I'm being experimented on by Doctor Crane. He's making bringing my worst fear to light here. Stephanie. No, one thing that uh, uh, Fish's situation it brought brought to mind to us, several people I saw online today, and I thought it made a good bit of sense. Is it seemed like a the same kind of facility that <clears throat> the comic book version of Bane, the character Bane, uh, was brought up in? You know, just kind of like a, an underground prison, uh, you know, dark and dank and everything, where mm-hmm. that's. The type of environment that Bane grew up in, and we have seen uh, the Viper, uh, which is the precursor to the Venom drug that Bane gets, already in Gotham. So I mean, it, it could, it would, that would kind of be cool for like an end of the season, like kind of cliffhanger, like Fish and Baby Bang, Bang or whatever, like break out of that prison and like head oh. back towards Gotham or something. Mm. That could be fun. That could be very interesting. Or Bane's the one who kills Fish Mooney. But I, I mean, that no, feels almost that like has it has to be, to the be penguin. penguin. It yeah. has to be the penguin. Mm-hmm. It has to be. Speaking of the penguin. Speaking of the penguin, there was a – and I mean, it's just because – mainly because uh, we know where these characters are going. A monumental meeting in this episode, and that was uh, the penguin and the Riddler finally finally uh, running into each other and it meeting was up. awesome. Yeah, and it's uh, it was a nice moment. They they did uh, give it its due respect and its due complexity because of the historic nature of the moment, and they at least uh, it could have been just like a glancing passing passing two ships passing in the night kind of thing. But they at least tried to make it a little interesting too. It which wasn't going to be two ships passing in the night with Nigma. <laughs> Nothing's no nobody's getting past him. Yeah, yeah, that's what I love about him. Well, I I definitely loved uh, the dark overtones that in in his uh. speech right at the end there because it, it was at first it was the enigma trying to get close to Kristen kringle that confronted penguin uh-huh. but by the end of it it was the enigma who hit all those body parts in the old me uh-huh. uh-huh. <laughs> locker i love that he made a penguin joke yeah oh yeah and that, that was, was clutch 
that was like shots fired too uh-huh. for sure like i i think penguin just earned an enemy and we know how ed treats his enemies so i just put a big heart and said <laughs> it makes a penguin joke like that was my note my camera's not warmed up okay, no so it's not that was gonna say we didn't do that oh wait for it waiting wait, for wait it for the camera to warm okay. up okay yeah see just big a big heart there makes penguin joke <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I really liked it, and I, I also like that – here, let me turn off that music there. Uh, but I, I also really dug that Ed was fascinated by the Penguin, like, yes! like just like he's been with every one of these eccentric villains we've seen all season. You know, he just he's, – he's so fascinated by these theatri- big theatrical villains, and I don't know. He's probably going to take some inspiration from them somewhere hey, along the way. You know, like reading mm-hmm. that um, medical journal paper or whatever. Oh, yeah. He, he was, was just like – When he found out there was a, a second, second subject, he's yeah. Like, Ooh, let me see. He was just subject so excited. D. Yeah. When he wasn't trying to hit on Jim's girlfriend or like suggest that he might. I love that. I that was so cute. Especially because mm-hmm. Jim is the only person basically on yeah. Nygma's side. Mm-hmm. And that, but you could tell he was just like, okay, I'm yeah. done. Yeah, but I, I definitely liked it. I also thought it was kind of funny that the way Penguin treated uh, the Rid- Ed, the Riddler, mm-hmm. was kind of the way that Fish treated Penguin at the, earlier in the season, like suffer no Ooh. fools kind of thing, you know, Ooh. which was pretty cool. Should be interesting. Okay, so the fear vaccine. Mm-hmm. Do you think he was really successful? Like really successful? Did he do that all right? Yeah, I think I think I think it probably was. Yeah, like mm-hmm. for him anyway, definitely not for for his son. Well, for- that was actually my next thing is you know he even says because he'd already given Jonathan the first injection. Okay, once you start the regimen, you have to finish it, or there's going to be consequences. Mm-hmm. And then even Jonathan's pointing out, he's like, "You're giving me too much. That's not that's." Gonna be-. He's like, "Oh no, you'll be fine." You're <laughs> like, okay, I think you'd be better off not finishing the regimen mm-hmm. versus ODing him on it, basically, which yeah. is what he did. And ta-da. That's what happened. Well, I, I'd imagine it's a situation where it's kind of it's kind of like immersion therapy, like you know, immerse yourself in the fear to absolve yourself of it. And so I think I think uh, Jonathan Crane's definitely going to have a much harder time with it. I think if nothing else, he's probably going to come out of this with a big tolerance to the fear toxin, if nothing else, which will come in handy probably later in life probably, when he throws yeah. on a mask. Um, is it just me or was it a little bit creepy that the headmaster knew exactly what was going on before asked? I thought it was, I thought it was a little weird too, that she just automatically gave up her former colleague, you know, like just immediately like, oh, oh, you mean there's dead people, right? And they took the glands, right? Yeah. Yeah. I know. It's been three weeks. There's been fear. They've taken these glands. They're just like, whoa, crazy lady. Yes. Here's his address. Yeah, basically. So that was really a little odd to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I also thought that apparently taking away fear also takes away your sanity because just because you're not scared of the bullets doesn't mean you should be shooting at the cops and walking towards them. Yeah, well, like I said, I I, I also think because I mean, Doctor Crane seem, seemed if for as crazy and as cruel as he was, he seemed a pretty logical fellow. So you know, one, he didn't have a fear of death anymore. So. Right. Who cares? And two, he understood the situation he was in. There was no way he was getting out of there alive. The best shot for his work to continue on, which was his main goal throughout all of right. this, was to you know develop that uh, anti-fear to- or vaccine or whatever, mm-hmm. was to let his son live and maybe continue on the work down the road. Because, I mean, obviously he had his son pretty well brainwashed. Oh, yeah. Uh, concerning this whole project. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> Hi, Mays in the um, John. He's like, exposition lady. Fear <laughs> is good for you. <laughs> Hi, Jaime. Anyone else in there? No, nah, that's it. Oh, okay, that's, that's cool. Well, you know oh, what that oh, means. Ooh. 
What? Ready? It's time Thank to look, look at this joker. Look at this joker. We're going to look at these jokers. And that's ta-da. So, okay. First off. Um, spoilers. Yeah, I would skip ahead a couple minutes if you're concerned about spoilers. If you didn't see the preview for next week's episode. Or if you haven't figured out what we're going to say. But yeah, as you know, we've been uh, we've been keeping track of uh, clues, hints, uh, references to the Joker all this season trying to suss out who the joker might be and you know so and, we, we've uh, been going through and you know the the pilot episode there was that comedian and then there was the smile graffiti and on and on down the line and we we had a lot of good leads we had some really good things we had some duds too we did have some way, serious duds along the way and we wasn't there one where it was like a trash can or something it was like the color scheme purple and green <laughs> And then we get to this week, uh, The Scarecrow, and we have the promo for this week. You know what? I'm just going to play it, and oh, we're actually even oh. going to play it on the stream. Oh, uh, Hopefully, YouTube doesn't take us off. And then we'll... Shh, don't we'll, tell anyone. Okay, so here we go. The Penguin. penguin. Fish, Fish Mooney. Catwoman. Two-Face. The Riddler. Mr. Zaz. You've met Gotham's most sinister. The next villain is no joke. And then we get the, uh, the Joker face, uh, kind of similar to the uh, the iconography and everything they used uh, for the Dark Knight movie, like the, the posters and stuff for that, where it's like the the Joker face bleeding through. I love it. So, yep, think we're done here. Uh, <laughs> look at this Joker page, which you can find by going to legendsofgotham.com and clicking look at this Joker up at the top. It's pretty much done. on the way out. Probably has, well, and then, I mean, the actor mm-hmm. is even. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no no more songs, no more Joker speculation. But I wanna. Okay. Can't we, can't next, we keep the page well, and just, like, literally look at the Joker every episode? I'll t- next week, we'll do it one more time. We have to, because just, they'll be revealed. Just, just, for, just for old time's sake. That's probably it, though. Yeah, and it. also the actor who you can follow at Cameron Monaghan, uh, which uh, we'll have the link to his Twitter in the show notes at legendsofgotham.com, too, tweeted out, you should really watch Gotham next week. I'm not clowning around. So, yeah, very clever, Cameron. And uh, well, welcome to – and yeah, here's another uh, for the video viewers, a picture of the smiley face there. So – yeah, rip it, look at this Joker. Whoa. No longer. <laughs> I was like, that's a really big picture of it. <laughs> yeah, but uh, let's see. Uh, Cam- Cameron actually, I-, I noticed, has been in a few things. Uh, he was in Click. He was in uh, Vampire Academy. Uh, yeah, he- so he's been in stuff. He's uh, been in, that's oh, quite he a was, long. He was in Terriers with uh, Donald Logan. <gasps> oh! Like Raymond James. Oh! He was also, he was Chad on Malcolm in the Middle. Interesting. Which one's so, Chad? So he has a history with Fox. I don't know who Chad was on Malcolm in the Middle. Let me look. <laughs> this is called Let's Google This. This is also another segment we do. Maybe we should start this that This is next. what we're playing, replacing Look at Chad, This Joker with. Chad Sleepover. Oh, I just uh, want pictures see. of Chad. Oh, there he is. Little redhead guy here. I'll show the desktop again here. <gasps> oh. Yeah. I, he was I, like one of, the, one of the friends. Yeah, I recognize him now. Yeah, that makes sense. I like it, though. He he seems like he'll be good. He has a good laugh in the other promo too. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, real quick before we get back into the scu- dis- the discussion, I thought it w- would be worth it to kind of go through real quick and just uh, tell you a little bit about the uh, classic uh, Scarecrow origin, just for contrast uh, yes. with what we had on Gotham here. And we'll have the link to the wiki page at legendsofgotham.com too. But in his first appearance, Scarecrow is introduced as Jonathan Crane, a professor of psychology who turns to crime after he is fired. 
Uh, he's an expert in the uh, psychology of fear, and he fires a gun in his classroom full of students to illustrate a point, to scare them, you to know, scare to, them. to make a point. Uh, the only thing revealed about his early life is that as a child, he had liked to frighten birds, like penguins, uh, ostracized <laughs> by his fellow professors for his appearance and reclusiveness he turned to crime to make himself part of the social elite uh-huh. so that's the original uh jonathan crane i think in the more modern versions there was some stuff with his family where with his father being a psychologist too uh, but that was the original og uh, scarecrow origin and, and i know i believe that there was a story scarecrow year one a couple years ago and they named his parents this episode after those that version oh. of his parents as kind of an homage which a i little thought was kind of cool homage. that's good <laughs> okay so uh chug chug sorry i had jug. to take a drink there but uh bruce kind of uh took it upon himself to well i mean kind of uh fell into it a little too but i'm uh, moving <laughs> on past his dad <laughs> he fell in this into episode. it sorry i thought i thought the bruce wayne story in this episode was really fun it was just like a nice it was, i don't know if i was i'd say fun well i mean it, it was nice it was character building. Definitely. For sure. Definitely. But it, it, it was just, I thought it was just a nice, simple story about Bruce finally accepting Alfred as his new dad and letting Alfred fill that position in yes. his life. Letting Alfred take care of him mm-hmm. instead of just bossing him around, really. Yeah. And I, I also thought it was nice. Uh, and I mean, obviously, uh, Alfred waiting at the top of the cliff was awesome. It was hilarious. But I was I was thinking back this week to the episode with Tommy Elliott where he mm-hmm. was bullying mm-hmm. Bruce and stuff. And, it, you know, I've been complaining the past few weeks about Alfred being maybe a little too hard on Bruce, maybe trying to isolate him. Yeah. But I, I really think, especially with how he treated Bruce when he saw him climbing up the hill and everything, I think he's just trying to toughen him up. And I think maybe uh, maybe part of the reason Alfred is doing this is because he regrets horribly what happened to Thomas Wayne, and he doesn't want the same sort of thing to ever happen to Bruce. Uh, I can and see that. So I think he's kind of pushing him towards you know being very self-reliant and tough and no nonsense. And it's probably going to be part of the reason he lets Bruce go to like Tibet and learn martial yeah. arts. And you well, know, I think by that point he's old enough. To... Victorian England and team up with Sherlock to learn detecting. <gasps> no, that won't happen. That won't happen. I love the fact when he's like, "Just stop for a pie and a pint halfway up." <laughs> oh, what did he? He also called him Cheeky Monkey. Yep. Which Would you like a cup too. of tea, Cheeky Monkey? <laughs> But I, I also really liked uh, when Bruce was down at the bottom of the hill and everything. They kind of te- this was kind of the first moment where we see that Batman it doesn't give a crap about injuries. Like he no. he will patch himself up as much as he needs to to accomplish his goal. And you can uh-huh. see that with Bruce doing the splint thing and just like is my tiara distracting you? No, not okay, at all. Because you just all. keep looking at it. <laughs> well, it's a tiara. You're supposed to, right? Duh. Sorry. Everybody likes tiaras. Mm. Yeah, but I, I really like the Bruce and Alfred story. Uh, the Bruce and Alfred story. Ba-da-ba-ba-da-ba. The Bruce and Alfred story. Oh, here we go again. Sorry. Go ahead. I don't even know. Are we on to my point now? No, oh, that actually hurts. We are on to your point. Okay, it's on to my point. Penguins Club opening. Mm-hmm. Oswalds. Cheers to Oswalds. Here, I should probably. Cheers to uh, How do we do this? Cheers. Cheers to Oswalds. We're the only Drink. ones who did cheers to Ottawa Oswalks because no yep. one was there. Yeah. Yep. Okay. The song, mm-hmm. they were like, no more heroes anymore was the words. Oh, nice. I was like, that's awesome. That's <laughs> kind of fun. That's mm-hmm. kind of good. 
And then there was the the punk dude with the hair. Yeah, who I, let him in? I like that it was a punk club. Like, I don't I mean, know. This is, it, I don't think it was meant to be a punk club. Well, he he is kind of like a very like I don't know like My Chemical Romance kind of penguin though. So I mean, it makes sense <laughs> that he had that kind of a van there versus Fish Mooney, where it was more like classical, like a nightclub. Nightclub, yeah. Interesting. I don't know. I I felt like it was like the band's like roadie just mm-hmm. jamming out till people actually got there you think so i don't know this yeah. is th- things <laughs> that i'm thinking of on the spot there is um umbrella s- symbol of course mm-hmm. of course the umbrella although i think people were disappointed that he didn't call it the iceberg lounge but i'm sure it'll get there well right now it's oswald's but it's gonna have to get revamped at least once because yeah, obviously no the, one came yeah the first remodel didn't work uh, yeah, but I mean, he he got the things fresh off the press, and he's like, "We open in ten hours," and I'm he, like, "Nobody can make plans." He in needs 10 hours. that. What's that guy's name from uh, Kitchen Nightmares or whatever? He needs that guy to come in and be like, and revamp everything. <gasps> oh, be funny. Who? who what's that I guy's don't remember. Name? I don't. Yeah. That wasn't one that I want. Kitchen the, Nightmares. The, the mad English gentleman. The mad English. They're all mad English. <laughs> um, shouldn't Falcone have at least been there though to You'd see? Think. Maybe he comes by later after Maroni's come in and threatened. Yeah. yeah, maybe they maybe they worked that out over their cigar. I don't know. Maybe, well, I, I guess they probably no. Actually, they might. Uh, they'll pick up that night, won't they? Because so maybe maybe Maroni showed up a little early. I'm sure he versus did. when the party was supposed to start. Because yeah, didn't doesn't uh, Leslie ask Jim for to go out to the circus that night? And that's what next episode is. Is it that night? I thought it was the next day. Oh, was it the next day? I, I thought it was wrong. the next day. I could be. Re- but either way. Regardless, his friend Jim didn't come. His friend Jim did not come because – and I think he would have if the penguin wouldn't have caused harm to that other cop two weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. That's what kind of shook up their relationship yeah. a little bit for yeah, sure. Yeah. That, that that made things go a little south. They are no longer bros. They are, they are no longer bros. So uh, – They are no longer bros. Sorry. I'm going to I'm gonna stop it with the effect. No, you're not. <laughs> this is the rest of our lives now. Okay. So – okay. I called this last week. I said, you know, that whole kissing in the GCPD thing, all well and good until Leslie thinks you're right, Jim. And she goes for the medical examiner's position. Mm -hmm. And then it's an office romance. And there we are. Yeah. I have bad, bad news bears. I think uh, Jim definitely has a problem with it just because he's been fighting so hard to be respected. Respect. Yeah. Respected within the bullpen. Mm -hmm. uh, And why is it called a bullpen? I don't know. Okay. Maybe that'll be next week's. It. This is what will we Google? <laughs> yeah, this is what we Google. What, this what is, is when a we Google. This is when we Google. I know, but you know, he's been fighting for respect and trying to, you know, set an agenda and. Uh, you know, playing kissy face in the hallways does not, not do much work. to, especially no. with these, with cops. Cause I mean, cops are very, they, they respect machismo. They don't respect young love. No, <laughs> not at all. Not that they're very young. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, we've even got pieces of dialogue uh, between some of the other cops where most of them aren't even in love with their spouses. <laughs> anymore, I know. They're you know? not exactly faithful. So, so you can see why Jim has the concerns and everything. At the same time, you can see why Leslie is kind of all about like just messing with them. Like, oh yeah. And you could totally tell that whole last thing with the whole mm-hmm. inviting with circus well fine then don't be like that i'll be sly <laughs> but I, I i know in, in that in that scene and also in the scene with harvey uh there were a couple uh lines that kind of indicated that uh, well harvey says office relationships always end in tears mm-hmm. like i i was kind of thinking i wonder since they're hitting this plot point so hard if her pda in the gcpd is going to put her in danger somewhere down the line like maybe i don't know if barbara makes a crazy bad turn and shows up in the gcpd and alvarez 
Alvarez is like, hey, did you know Jim's dating? No, I think Alvarez likes him, but yeah, somebody The medical examiner it. or something. Then that's going to put Leslie in danger. Yeah, so. it is. Yeah. But uh, you liked it though, right? Uh, liked what? The PDA? The PDA. No, I'm like, anti the PDA. Oh, you're anti the PDA? I'm, anti- I'm, I'm okay. pro-Gorkin, anti-PDA. Pro, uh, Can I be pro-Gorkin and anti-PDA? Are you, are you pro-Gorkin, um, the the kin side of the Gorkin, uh, leaving Jim after, at the end of their date at the beginning of the episode? <sighs> Especially if they were, go- they were going to the same place in the morning. <laughs> it would have just been, it would have saved on cab fare. <laughs> that was my thing. I was like, apparently the third date, or but what happened to the second? Because we missed the second one is when you go back to the apartment. <laughs> I was like, I didn't know that. Just, nobody passed that rule along. Gotham City rules. Gotham City rules. Third date, <laughs> you get to see the apartment. <laughs> um, yeah, I didn't. I mean, I kind of liked how she did that because she didn't want to talk work the whole night. Uh huh. But you know, she should have just been like, hey. Let's try next day. <laughs> Surprise! Actually, no. I guess. It's well, better. maybe maybe after the circus, he'll get to see see how she's decorated her bedroom. And yes, that's all that matters is the decoration. Uh, now, one little thing I noticed uh, j- just as we're wrapping up here and everything uh-huh. uh, with the discussion. I thought it was interesting that this version of the Scarecrow's origin sort of parallels, uh, well, at least the reasons for Batman's origin or Bruce's origin or for the Batman persona, because as we all know. Uh, Batman oh, yeah. gets besieged by either a bat in the study or several bats in a cave and <laughs> gets okay. a fear of them. So when he's looking for a symbol to turn himself into to strike fear into the hearts of the weak and cowardly and criminal, uh, he, chooses he chooses the, the bat. bat. And now we see that Jonathan Crane, whenever he decides to go full scarecrow – He's scared of scarecrows. Yeah, he's scared of scarecrows now because of this horrific experience. Who knows how long he's going to be in that bed looking at ghastly, ghostly scarecrow guys. They're like, terrifying. I know, like, right? I mean, the picture. Yeah, there, here, I can, I, can, I can put it up here. Yeah, the one we use for our title screen. That's scary. It is. Very scary. I was, That's straight out of a nightmare. Like, when I was rewatching this, I was like, please don't <laughs> let any of the children look over. They're going to be terrified. <laughs> oh, for no sure. No one will sleep again. I, I really like that effect, though, they, yes. they did for all the fear stu- the fear yeah. talks and stuff. Yeah, the fear talks was pretty cool. But yeah, I thought it was interesting that it paralleled Batman's a little bit, for um, sure. Okay, is it just me or but I thoroughly enjoyed the Maroni and Falcone's afternoon at the manor. Oh, yeah, that was nice. That was precious. They had sandwiches. There was a walk in the gardens. They had a cigar. There was a judge being tortured and filmed behind basically a glass window. It was good. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. Lots of, you know, friendships were made. You know, that house was a lot bigger in this episode than it seemed in previous episodes. Well, we haven't needed to see the entire thing. I really like that staircase they were coming down I want the house. Mm -hmm. Give me the – I want the garden. I'll just Mm -hmm. take any of it. Someone give me a wing. Oh, hello, Anne-Marie camera. <laughs> you know, speaking of that, though, I, th- I thought it was nice that uh, I-, I enjoyed how Falcone uh, was dealing with Penguin. He was like, okay, now that we're on the other side of this of our thing. whole plan, I- we need to make sure you're professional and you're thinking about the business because that's what's most important here. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to – I'm going to – I'll take care of you. I I'll save this. your life or whatever, but – you know, focus on the business and, and, and then your life's worth something. Right. Know? Exactly. Got to make the money to be worth the money. Yeah. I thought it was uh, very, very cool though. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's see. Out of 300 milliliters of ground up adrenal glands, <laughs> how many milliliters of ground up adrenal gan- glands would you give this episode, Anne-Marie? Um, nice even number, 300 milliliters. 265. 265 why because it was a pretty awesome episode there was a lot um excuse me 
Um, I liked where all the stories are going. I liked the stuff that was wrapped up was wrapped up pretty. The mm-hmm. stuff that's set up was set up kind of freaky. Yeah. Uh, I'm interested to see where we go next week, especially now that we got – I mean it really would be like a 320 if the little bit of Scarecrow – or not Scarecrow, Joker was actually in the episode. Mm. But since it was outside the episode, it's not included <laughs> in the number. Yeah. Um, kind of interested to see where they go with all that. Definitely. Next definitely. week's going to be – Tough. I'm really glad that if nothing else, we're getting at least a couple scenes with him in the next episode too. But okay, as for me, I'm gonna say 280 milliliters of ground up adrenal glands because I really the fear. Well, I really liked it. I didn't like it as much as last week's episode, mm-hmm. but I thought it was a fitting. And I, I, I actually like the scarecrow story more this week. But I thought the other parts of the episode, like the fish Mooney mm-hmm. uh, moment or plotline and stuff, just seemed a little out of left field. I'm sure it's going somewhere. Oh, it's but, going somewhere. But yeah, that and uh, which we, I don't know. I'm still – I'm almost there with fully being fully on board the Gorkins bandwagon. But I'm still trying to warm up to Leslie just a little bit. Like I, Gorkins, I know, Gorkins, I'm, Gorkins. I'm like, I'm like the cold-hearted beast who just won't I'm, – I'm like, I'm a robot. I do not like chips. I do not like Gorkins. You do but not like I'm chips. getting there. <laughs> Sounded like you said you don't like chips. <laughs> I don't like chips. Chips are evil. No, I actually love chips and I can't have them. Okay, uh, before we get to uh, the news and uh, listener feedback and everything, we want to take a moment to uh, thank Audible.com for thank sponsoring Audible. this week's episode of Legends of Gotham. Now, if you don't know what Audible is, it's a service. You go there, you sign up, you get a credit a month, you can get any uh, audiobooks, uh, radio dramas, uh, some premium podcasts from people like Ricky Gervais. Audio entertainment, mm-hmm. right to your ear holes through uh, through your phone, through your car, like through your, your Ford Sync uh, computer. Um, I, I'm pretty sure some of those smartwatches probably have an Audible app. Maybe Are those even out yet? Yeah, I think a couple of them. Like there's an Android one or something. But interesting, you can probably listen to Audible on it. I'd imagine. And you know, uh, it does cost. It's a membership service, so it it, membership. there is a monthly fee. But if you want to check it out to see if you if you'd like to pick it up for free. Uh, the listeners of uh, Legends of Gotham podcast, uh, Audible's offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you an opportunity to check out the service. Uh, now, we always like to do a recommendation for these. And uh, the past couple weeks, I've been actually recommending, because uh, I have the Dog Boy Dog Adventures Boy. Uh, series I mentioned earlier. Uh, we have three of the books up now on Audible. And uh, this week, I'm recommending Dog Boy Danger on Liberty Pier because it has some pretty scary moments. It does have some scary moments. So, uh, Emery, you want to tell us a little bit? About that? Hold on, I'm opening the page. That's fine. Okay. <clears throat> Dog Boy, a.k.a. Bronson Black, is Cult of City's 13-year-old superhero. Mm-hmm. After defeating the Guild of Thieves, things have settled down for the mangy masked crime fighter until he sees local businessman Dexter Stonehouse gunned down on Liberty Pier. <gasps> when it appears an old family friend may have been involved, Dogboy jumps into action to unmask the killer. Does he have the guts to expose the man from his past? Or will he ignore the evidence to learn more about his strange powers? And I just realized this with the new audio setup. We can actually – I'll play you a little clip of it. <gasps> oh. Chapter 1. Hunted. This is Nathan Beatty, his hand on uh, my his reader. Knife. Dog boy hid in the shadows as a police car cruised he down He does a really good job. It was 20 minutes past 5 on a warm Saturday evening. Dog boy was on his way to Liberty Pier to meet Mr. Horam. His boss at the old curiosity shop. But yeah, he and he does all sorts of character voices and stuff too. We we should probably change that sample to something more exciting, like then Dog Boy jumps yeah, off the pretty, building yeah. and yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, it was just games getting get, uh, setting the mood, setting the mood. But uh, yeah, you can check that out or any any book you any want. Book you you want. can use your free credit on, and to do that, all you have to do is go to audibletrial.com/gotham to get your free audiobook. Again, that's audibletrial.com/gotham, and we want to thank uh, Audible for sponsoring this week's episode of Legends of Gotham. Thank you, Audible. Thanks. And now, on to the news. News. Okay, first up, the ratings. Uh, now, oh, how? How? A new series low. Was something else going on? Was everybody still talking about Kanye? I think probably. Stupid we'll, we'll Kanye. But uh, Gotham scored a series low of 1.8, down a tenth from last week's uh, series low 1.9 adults, 18 to 49. But the thing is, like, as far as, like, the commentary and stuff I've seen about Gotham this week online, like, there's never been a more popular episode than these past two episodes. Exactly. So if you watch the mm-hmm. show, you like the show. We just have to keep the people watching the show. Yeah, I'm guessing new people aren't coming on or people are watching something else or something. But the people who like the show are still liking the show. And we have a season two anyway so who cares right i uh, now we will have links to the promos for next week's episode in the show notes but we're not going to play one here because we already did yeah we already did one <laughs> okay so this one is pretty big and i'll go ahead and let Anne marie uh take take this story here i love you peter petrelli peter petrelli peter petrelli i love you jess yes. Yay! for people who might not have ever seen heroes why don't you or explain? gilmore girls mm-hmm. Uh, Milo Ventimiglia, I don't know. I can't yeah, pronounce it. I just know he's lines. cute. Um, he will be appearing as Jason Lennon, a.k.a. the Ogre, in upcoming episodes. Plural. Nice. Um, soon to start in the episode. It starts with episode 19. Yeah, in the description. Oh, that's of- the episode t- title was The Whispers? Yeah, The Whispers, okay, episode 19. 19. And we just saw 15. So. Yeah. And the, epi- the episode description is handsome w- – or the character description, rather, is handsome, wealthy, and seductive. The ogre is a serial killer who has been preying on uh, the young woman of Gotham for nearly a decade, luring them into his web and confronting them with a series of tests as he searches for his perfect mate. When the woman fails to live up to his impossible standard, Lennon disposes of them quickly and viciously. I almost feel like this is going to be like a Barbara thing. Oh, but she has to have a baby first. Possibly. She doesn't have to. There's this is Earth G. Anything oh, can happen. Oh, here we go. Look oh, at him. He just. He just also, uh, incidentally, a little bit of trivia. Uh, Victoria, yeah. who plays her name Montoya on Gotham, uh, w- starred in the Bedford Diaries with uh, Milo, oh. which was the series he did right before Heroes. I think. I think, if I remember oh. correctly, from my research. Just your research. My research. <laughs> this uh, week's episode of Let Me Google That. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and then uh, we actually, speaking of Victoria. Speaking uh, of Victoria, she, she d- had an interview with The Hollywood Reporter. That's mm-hmm. right. I'm just taking it from you. I'm taking, That's fine. taking the article. Um, basically, it was just a really an interview to find out um, or talk about how she feels about the strength and the whole um, Gaytham movement, mm-hmm. I guess you would call it. Yes. Um, surrounding Which a Lady J, uh, Lady J on Twitter is the one who came up with the Gaytham. She totally did. Yeah. So it, we we were there. We saw we followed it. along. We joined in. Uh, we are pro the Gaytham. Um, so it's um, how she had no idea. She actually went in blind, mm-hmm. basically to the first read through. Yeah. And um, Aaron Richards. Aaron Richards came up to her and was like, "Love." And she's like, what are you talking about? Because she hadn't had anything. She knew nothing. She vowed not to read the comics Mm -hmm. so that – basically, I guess, not to influence her character too much. She wanted to make it her own. Yeah, which which is good. Which is fair, which is good. Um, Obviously, now she's reading them because (laughs) – 
there's a lot going on. Um, and also because she hasn't been in an episode in forever. We're not going to talk about that, but um, what she said is uh, when she was reading Gotham Central, I was like, oh my God, a Latina lesbian badass vigilante. Yes, please. <laughs> yeah, actually, we have a copy of Gotham Central signed by Victoria right behind you. I got it. But, uh, Give me she, the camera. Oh, yeah, she also did a really good uh, interview with uh, comic book resources along the same lines. And both of those links will be in the show notes. So definitely check that <laughs> yes. out. So, yeah, I guess that's about it for the news. Uh, now, uh, next week, uh, when you're, you're done watching the episode and you're you're vomiting because of the disgusting oh things the new Joker has done. Ew. You know. Wait until your stomach's kind of okay, your mouth's not quite so watery, and stumble down the hallway, falling against the walls as you go. Uh, fall down the stairs, land in front of your fall computer, pass out for five minutes, wake up, get on the computer, email us your thoughts at legendsofgotham at gmail.com. You're grody. Tweet tonight. us at Legends of Gotham. <laughs> the Facebook is facebook.com slash legendsofgotham. And the voicemail number is 424-274-2352. Again, that's 424-274-2352. And a few of you did that. Uh, first of all, Bobby. Take it away, Bobby. Bobby. Hey, Bill and Marie. It's Bobby. Wasn't quite as impressed with this week as I was last week, but I think we all agreed that last week was a pretty damn good episode of television. Mm -hmm. There was one or two scenes mm -hmm. this week in particular that uh, just felt like disjointed and out of place to me. I tried to watch him once or twice and I just felt a little lost. I really don't care for the fish subplot. I'm not mm -hmm. even one bit curious as to what's going on <laughs> there. I just don't care. Then there was the meeting of uh, Riddler and Penguin that they played up so much. And again, it just felt like not only, I don't know, it just felt like out of place and it didn't didn't work could have done without it. Yeah, I, I I can see that perspective, Bobby. I was almost there until Ed's sort of attitude change right at the end. That made it really interesting to me. That yeah, made it I, like, liked, I liked when he was basically faced with, you know who I am, you know what I can do, and he basically gave him the finger. Yeah. I was yeah. like, yeah, Penguin. And they did so well last week with the Scarecrow that what they did this week just felt like like they were just meandering, like they could have just tied it up last week and done something different this week. Of course, I did like the few uh, character moments we got from Bullock. He's always a shining moment for me. I like uh, the dynamic they're playing up now between uh, Jim and and uh, Leslie. It seems like there's already tension in Gorkinsville. But of course, <laughs> the best part of this episode for me would probably be uh, the Bruce and Alfred storyline and where they went there. Mm -hmm. I thought uh, David, I believe his name is, did mm -hmm. a really good job of portraying all of the emotions he had to portray uh, portray in those scenes. Yeah, he, he's just been a standout in this series he's in general. He's getting better and better with Pro every episode. Probably one of the best, especially television child actors I've seen. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Um, I, uh, the one thing I thought they did miss is I, I really thought he was going to fall down a well and Alfred was going to come get him, you know, bats and whatnot. <laughs> but I thought it was pretty fitting um, for them to be sitting there watching the sunrise because just like Jim told Bruce, uh, there will be light. So while nice. I wasn't that impressed, all uh, I thought there was a pretty few great scenes. A few pretty great scenes. <laughs> so I'll give it um, 17 of, or no, 15 of 24 bloody oh. adrenal glands. Nice. I died his ass. Yeah, yeah, the adrenal glands, I guess, were the, was the arbitrary scale to beat. Gotta uh, love an week. adrenal gland. Okay, and next up we have a voicemail from Andy, over at the Fla our friend over at the Flash podcast, who, uh, by the way, we... We'll probably have a little announcement about something we're working on with him uh, soonly, probably in the next week or so. Take it away, Andy. Hi, guys. This is Andy from the Flash podcast calling in to, 
to in my brief thoughts about last night's episode of Gotham that I just finished watching. Hi. Uh, Hi. This was one of the best episodes of the season. It's been getting better and better each week. And uh, this week it was just phenomenal. I love Bruce's arc in the in the forest and all that. And seeing how they did the Scarecrow arc and how they kind of pretty much set up Jonathan Crane now to become, you know, the, the man he's supposed to become in the future. I, I felt so sorry for him, but, you know, that's what happens when you're a comic character. So <laughs> um, I really enjoyed that. Fish, I, I'm, I'm starting to enjoy Fish Mooney a lot more. And this week she was really cool. And um, and I'm still not feeling the Leslie and um, Jim relationship too much. But uh, I don't know. I'm, Someone agrees with me. Meh. We, we will see what happens with that. You know, I, I like that better than him being with um, the disaster that is Barbara. Everyone agrees with me on that point. And, uh, yeah, I was uh, overall really happy with this episode. Really starting to enjoy the show since the show came back from its hiatus. And, uh, yeah, I, I don't know if you guys have seen the trailer or not, but, whoa. Yeah. This week's episode, whoa. So, guys, thank you so much. Keep up the great work you do. And, uh, yeah, talk to you soon. Can't wait to see the episode. Bye. Thank you, Thank Andy. You. And uh, as always, check him out over at the Flash podcast if you're a fan, fan of the Flash TV Absolutely. show. He, he does great work over there. Lots of good things. Thank you oh very my. much, Andy. He Sorry. does it without telling me, and then I sound like an idiot with the voiceovers. It happens. Whatever. Okay, next up is Michael <laughs> Lucero. Take it away, Michael. Michael! Hey, Bill and Anne-Marie. This is Michael. Hey. So, good episode, all in all. Um, I really like the pattern of villains' arcs carrying over from past episodes. Uh, mm-hmm. If anything, I w- kind of wish the show was a bit more serialized, that the villains' arcs could go on for more than two episodes at a time. But I guess we are getting that with Penguin and Riddler, so that's good enough for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really loved Oswald and Ed's meeting. I really want that scene to go somewhere in the future and not just be a really cool standalone moment. I think um, it will. If, yeah, especially with Ed's reaction, I think they're definitely they're, they're they're setting something up. That was a building block. That was the foundation for their relationship. Mm-hmm. So Ed became uh, Oswald's nemesis while still be being a good guy, working for the police. <laughs> that could uh, set up some really neat scenes when Ed finally does become a villain. Mm-hmm. Um, I really also uh, for sure thought Bruce was going to either discover the Batcave or get frightened by a bat or both uh, in those scenes, but neither one of those happens. Uh, I kind of wonder what the purpose of those scenes were. Um, I really like that this show is about Gotham and not always about Batman, and that it doesn't always feel the need to check in on Bruce. Mm-hmm. And we can go long spans of episodes without a proto-Batman scene. Mm-hmm. I like that, and I, I uh, sure, by all means, show us some crucial Batman mythology moments, um, but it doesn't always have to be every week. And I really, I really thought that this, these scenes weren't that at all. So I don't know. Curious to see what you think about it. I think uh, I, I don't know. I really love the Bruce and Alfred scenes. Like they're, they're foundational, they're fundamental, but at the same time, the show can stand. It could stand without them. Definitely, uh, when they were in Switzerland or whatever, the show proved it could stand on its own without having bringing them in every episode. Um, the only part that really bothered me about these scenes is we had no idea what this annual trip was, right? Mm-hmm. I, I didn't miss something because yeah, I was pur- the second time I was purposely like yeah. trying to pay attention to all dialogue and papers yeah. on the desk. I, they, there were some rough context clues like see the sunrise, stuff like that. Right. But I mean, it, 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 that kind of revealed itself throughout the episode, too. I don't know. It just felt like, why is he going on this trip? Why is he going now on this trip? And, and then you get that it's like a, an annual thing. I'm like, okay, but why is now the annual yeah. trip? 
actually, uh, they I don't think they've really done one yet, but I think it might have been it could have been appropriate to do even like a little flashback there showing them because I mean, we've never got to see Bruce and his parents interact outside of walking down the alley right before they got shot. Yeah, it would be nice to see a, a flashback or maybe they had taken a camera or something on the trip with them and they filmed the sunset or something. See, that would be fine because I don't think I don't think they're going to do flashbacks yeah, as much not. as we kind of would like one mm-hmm. or two flashbacks at least. Yeah. Um, but something like that, like watching video on a camera mm-hmm. would be really nice just to see why or get him like flipping yeah. through some uh, – scrapbook or an album or something or even just get an idea of what that relationship was like yeah because it definitely took a turn (laughs) (laughs) okay uh sorry michael go ahead yes oh you weren't done no he's not and also maybe your knowledge of batman lore will help me understand this uh more bill amory how (laughs) does this uh compare to the scarecrow origin in the comics i know he's obsessed with fear and uses it as a weapon but is this sort of constant fear state something that uh comes from the comics or is it unique to gotham Either way, it was interesting and uh, also very disturbing. Anyway, uh, can't wait to see uh, to hear the podcast and see what you all thought. Uh, take care and have a great week. I thank you then, Michael. Yeah, and uh, as far as the Scarecrow versus comics, we already went over uh, the basic origins of a couple different versions of them up front. But as far as like the fear talks and, and mm, having too much, yeah. like a lot of Scarecrow stories end that way, where he's like accidentally got exposed to the fear gas or gotten an overdose or something, and that's where they leave him in Arkham and then oh. pick him back up eight months later. Or whenever he breaks out or whatever Interesting. once it's fixed so yeah, yeah actually uh, so off to Arkham he goes well the end of this episode definitely reminded me of a million Scarecrow stories because a lot of them end this way you know I'm not saying that's pat or anything I'm saying actually that's good because the writers obviously know the source material oh yeah so. they know what they're doing okay and last up here we have a voicemail from a woo uh, in woo. the dinner letter and stuff but yeah take it away woo I love the Scarecrow episode. I thought it was a great way of putting away Gerald Crane and establishing his son to be the Scarecrow later on. Felt very old school comic book mm-hmm. to me in terms of, and Mix will get this reference, the one bad day. Everything yes. goes normal. I Everything's fine. <laughs> Everything is awesome. You do too. No, I'm just kidding. Until that one horrible day where everything goes wrong. I loved I loved it because it didn't feel so far fetched. Love Ben McKenzie's facial expressions <laughs> too when he's dealing with uh, Marina Backron's character Lee. Love You know, I I I definitely think uh Ben McKenzie has really stepped it up the past couple episodes and he and he's become I think more naturalistic in his performance mm-hmm. than he, he was previously. And I, th- I think it's smoothed out a little bit. And I'm really starting to, like, love his performance. Where I, I loved the character before. Now I'm really loving what Ben's doing with the character, too. And I'm really curious what it was like on the OC. And I might have to bust out an episode or two. I watched, like, a blooper reel Did from you? the OC. Did uh, you watch a blooper reel? Yeah, probably not. Him trying to figure everything out. You can totally see that in his facial expressions after Lee kisses him. Love the stuff with Bruce. Loved how you see the beginnings of Batman trying to pull himself out of the darkness and make himself stronger. Love that he came up with his own brace to get up the hill. And, and I love the sweet stuff with Alfred, them bonding over the sunrise. I thought that was really cool. Loved Fish and, and her taking over that bunker she was locked into. <laughs> bunker, yes. And we really don't know 
we still don't know where she is or what she's involved with. Love that same stuff with Val. We still know nothing about fish. We know Bacconi nothing. And, and I love how they're, they're mobsters, but they still behave like business partners. <laughs> and I love how they bond over the torturing of that one really hard judge. I give this episode five adrenal glands out of five. Nice. Talk to you guys next week. Bye-bye. See, I told you adrenal, adrenal glands were the... Yeah. Well, that scene when he was mashing them up was so disgusting. Oh. Yeah, basically. Vomit. <sighs> Absolute vomit. Okay, Emery, you want to read this letter yes, we have? Yes, I'll from, read this uh, letter once I stop vomiting. Girlene. All right. Hey, guys. First off, I would love want to say that i love your podcast it has become a ritual of mine to listen to it after watching the show the whole structure of it is amazing plus the amount of love plus fun you guys have with the show <laughs> is clearly evident so keep up the great work why thank you yeah and also big shout out to you because uh we we've noticed you uh, all over all, all over of the our place. stuff lately and, so, uh, and we definitely appreciate it uh, glad to know we have a new fan yes welcome smoking um now for the actual episode it was amazing um it is truly one of my favorites because it was so fun to watch the whole theme of fear in this episode was well executed at first i was wondering what was the point of seeing bruce since we would see little clips of him and it didn't really impact the story as a whole however it it wasn't until after jonathan was injected with the fear potion that i realized the parallel parallels with the two jonathan crane has essentially become totally consumed with fear and is in no position to ask for help since he can't escape his nightmare while both kids had to had no say in choosing to be in the fear-induced state crane being drugged and wayne having his parents killed bruce has the ability to ask for help Uh yeah and that's something too really good in the in this episode too they definitely bruce and jonathan crane worked as counterpoints in a lot of different ways i mean also you know bruce was gaining a dad jonathan was losing a dad the whole thing with the greatest fear like yeah yeah they were definitely playing them off of each other yeah and it went well really well um this was evidence when he questioned Alfred why he couldn't come to help him. It's a really interesting parallel because in Crane's situation, his father left him there. But in Bruce's situation, while he doesn't have his biological father, he does have a father figure in Alfred and even Jim to some extent. Sorry, this is getting long, so I'll stop there. I tend to go on and on when I'm talking about shows. It's fine. But for last comments, the highlight of the episode for me was definitely Penguin meeting Nigua. <laughs> um, oh, that just reminded me of another fear parallel with penguin this time but i'll save that for another time regardless enjoy the rest of your day greeniness yeah also at, at underscore g-i-n-n-i-i-i on, on twitter. twitter yeah and thank you very much thank uh, you so much yeah. we, it's always nice to hear compliments definitely and we'll see you on twitter uh, and speaking of twitter a couple tweets to round us out here uh win mercer uh at win mercer uh, said uh loving the mobster faction chess game falcon moroni penguin fish on gotham Bruce and Alfred are too weird for me. <laughs> and uh, then Bat- oh, win. <laughs> and uh, then Bat- Batfleck at unique underscore Janique uh, says, <laughs> who cared about this episode after we saw who was quite possibly baby Joker? Little Joker. Little Joker. Look at this little Joker. Look at this little Joker. And after you look at this little Joker and you're vomiting all over yourself, oh, obviously. enough with the vomit. Just crawl down the hallway. It's okay because you don't want to bump into those walls. They're, they're bumpy, right? They're bumpy. And, and, you know, then just kind of like scoot down the steps one at a time. Then get into that computer chair uh, next week after you watch the episode and email us legendsofgotham at gmail.com. 
tweet us at Legends of Gotham. The Facebook is facebook.com slash Legends of Gotham. And the voicemail number is 424-274-2352. Again, that's 424-274-2352. Now, Emery, where can people find you online? You can find me on Twitter at AMDSimone. And I blog about food stuff and crafty stuff over at crunchycrafty.com. And as for me, you can follow me on Twitter at Bill Meeks. Uh, you can, uh, obviously, we've mentioned it a couple times this episode, get my books at dogboyadventures.com. <laughs> and you can check out our new podcast that oh, yeah. we've been doing, which is really good. This week's episode is about vacation. Vacations. So we'll be watching National Lampoon's Vacation. So if you want to hear us talk about that, universebox.com. And we'll stream it at youtube.universebox.com live Thursday night at 8.30 p.m. EST. Well... um, Yeah. That was good. That was good. I have no emotions. I am a robot. What? Why are you looking at me like that? Like I'm doing something weird. (laughs) You are weird. Join us next next week for more Legends Legends of of Gotham. 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 You can catch us on Legends of Gotham. We all can. I wait. You turned it off a while ago. I did.